psychotic geeks obsessed with every little detail. It'll never get on the air. Well, I think it's good for a show to go off the air before it becomes stale and repetitive. I've just been informed that we are going off the air. Off air with Emily and Catherine. <laughs> We've kind of already started, but it's fine. Oh, gosh. <laughs> so we're um, back for another episode. Guess who's back? Back. Back again. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. It's okay. I'm so sorry. I'm Emily. I'm Patra. And we are Off Air with Emily and Patra. Oh, my gosh. Your weekly podcast about stuff. So much stuff. <laughs> and we have another murder to discuss. Yeah, we always have. Mm. Mine's not a murder. Are you ready for how I'm going to phrase it? Yeah. The mystery surrounding the death of. Oh, whoa. Oh, no. oh baby. Spooky. Get, get spooky, spooky. Look how loud I was. I'm sorry. It's okay. I had I to am... turn your levels way oh, down. sorry. <laughs> this time I'm both of our levels are like <laughs> real down today. Oof. Because just getting. We're, it's okay. We're pumped. Just love talking about murder, crime, crime, death, crime, death and destruction. <laughs> so. No. I'm still stuffy. You are. What's I lost wrong? my voice for four days. It was awful. Four days. And I made Patra work for me. <laughs> made Patra do my job. I mean, that's fine. And on top of everything else she does and mm. lost my voice for four days. And now I'm just stuffy and coffee. Do you want to know what the worst part of it was for me? Not doing extra work. It was not being able to hear your beautiful voice. Oh, you're such a sweetheart. I know, right? <laughs> ah. Okay. All right. <laughs> Chris goes, uh, he's like, I can't wait to talk to you again. And then Aww. yesterday, yesterday he was, he told me to shut up and I said, make me. And he goes, no. And so I was like, well, I'm just going to keep on talking. And I talked for like five minutes straight, <laughs> like just kept going and going. Right. He goes, okay, where's the off button? <laughs> Like, take your voice back. Oh, <laughs> man. Like, See, you thought you missed my voice. You were making up for lost time. Exactly. Yeah. Except <coughs> I wasn't. I just <laughs> didn't really want to talk. <laughs> you just told me that he was just being a butt. So I was like, I'm mm. going to be a butt right back. Do it. Do hey, it. nice coffee mug. Thanks. You got it for <laughs> me, and it's my favorite. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> anyway. Really hot tea. I still it, Yeah, it. my coffee's really hot. <sighs> anyway. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So who's going first this week? Do you want to go first? Did I? Yeah, I'll go first. Because I went first both times because you, you weren't ready the second episode. You were like, ready. I'm not ready. I'm, I'm not, not ready. ready. Well, I guess I'm going. Okay. So why don't you go first? Okay. I'm kind of ready this time. Okay. See, Emily's got this, like, nicely typed out, like, thing that she's got, and I have seven pages of paper. <laughs> Let me just, and um, the first page has pancake syrup and bacon grease splatters on it. Because I, that's, I mean, basically my life is covered in and bacon 90, splatters. 90% of the page is, from, <laughs> is video. But I like, need image. it. I need it. <laughs> it's not no. even a picture. It's just the play, the play triangle. The play button. <laughs> 90% of the page is oh, from the video. Okay. There's a, a total of a paragraph and a Don't sentence. Don't look at it anymore. <laughs> okay, okay. Whoa, okay. <sighs> it's getting out of hand. All right. All right. My notes. Okay. <laughs> oh, no. I know. What's happened? All right. So we are talking about, I am talking about the mystery surrounding the death of Carrie Owsley. Okay. It is a very, very local to us, but local to me, death. Yes. It's, okay. Okay, because final ruling, suicide, okay. but there is um, lots of 
speculation. Spe- speculation. Thank you. That's You're the welcome. word. Okay, so Carrie Doty Owsley, 49, of Columbus, Indiana, found dead Sunday, April 7th, 2013, at his home in Zephyr Village. Dun, dun, dun. That's where I live. What? what? Like now? Now. What? That's oh. where I live right now. I moved in uh, the following year in 2014. <gasps> um, Let's see. Was it April? Like a year and two months later, I moved Ooh, into the neighborhood. You, I mean, obviously you knew because you were... <clears throat> Yeah, because I only lived about a mile away from there already. Um, mm-hmm. And I know, I did not know Carrie. I don't know anyone related to Carrie. But I do have friends that feel strongly one way or the other about this issue because they knew Carrie. Gotcha. Um, um, so let's start with that. Carrie, he was found by his wife, Lisa, whom he had married three years prior. And they had both been married before and had adult sons. Um so he was found Sunday, April 7th, a gunshot wound to the chest. Oh. To the chest, yeah, with a handgun. Um, like not a shotgun. I don't know. I only know like guns in your hand or 22s. Because that's <laughs> I've shot a 22. That's it. That's all I got. Okay. <laughs> I know. Don't laugh at me, Emily. No, you're fine. Um, <clears throat> so the Bartholomew County Sheriff's Department was called. There was a 911 call, which I have. Uh, audio for if you're interested. I don't know. Um, yeah. Yeah, let's listen to it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> YouTube, wait. Volume's on. All oh, right. my goodness. We're, okay. We're going. Nine one one. Which emergency? Uh, my husband just shot himself at Roosevelt Street. Okay. Where did he shoot himself? Looks like in the chest. He doesn't look like he's breathing or anything. Did he just do it? Yes. He's been severely depressed and seeing a psychotherapist. Okay, can you tell if he's still breathing or not? I'm going back in there trying to get my dogs out of the, the blood. Carrie. not responding, and I don't feel a pulse in his neck. Okay, what kind of weapon was it? Um, I don't know. I don't even see it. I just I was in the end. He just took a gas. Okay. So. So we just heard that 911 tape. That's... What was your, because, okay, so Emily's not from here. No. So I feel like I'm going to be very unbiased. I do know people kind of, I am not like super involved with these people, but I do kind of know people who. Have opinions. Yeah, have opinions and feel very strongly about it. And I don't want to upset them. Um, And I don't really have a final word opinion. So, yeah. How do you feel about that 911 call? Um, That was kind of spooky. Kind of spooky. And how do you feel? uh, What's her name? Lisa. How do you feel Lisa sounded? It's hard to say. Right? Because I feel like. Okay. Okay. Here. Here it is. Here. And remember. I don't, I'm not meaning to offend anybody. Right. And Go don't say at it. Me. Say it. So if I was just married three years mm-hmm. in, and they're, uh, I'm assuming from the picture, they seem a little older. Yes. Not they, old, not yeah, old, he but was they. 49. Okay. Yeah. And then you said that they were both married before, right? Married before with adult okay, children. So yeah. if I was married of three years, married again, mm-hmm. granted, I've never been married, so I don't know. But right. if I was married of three years, I feel like I, would be very freaked out. Yes. And very shaky. Panicked. Also, I don't know exactly that that would be true. I'd like to say that if, if God forbid, this situation happened, mm-hmm. this is how I'd react. I'd yes. be freaked out. I'd be panicked. I'd be a mess. A s- distraught. However, yeah. 
since I've never hopefully and never will be in that situation, Mm -hmm. maybe that's not how I would react. Maybe I would be completely calm. Right. Trying to and just in shock, trying to process emotions and feelings. And right. What struck me in the call was that um, so I am married and I have been married for a long time. Um, But my husband and I aren't. We're separated. Uh Even now, even with our kind of like tense relationship, holy moly. Like, I mean, sorry, holy shit. Because I would be freaked out. I would would, be panicked. I would would have caused a huge issue for the people on the scene because I definitely would have went to him. I would have touched him for sure. Yeah. Um, I heard the bit about the dog. You know, she's like, I'm trying to get my dogs out of the blood is what she said. Um, you know, I do have dogs and cats, uh-huh. so I'm sure they would be all up in things. Yeah. <sighs> Especially but she goes back in and she says, oh, I hear him gasp. And then you hear an audible gasp in the background. Yeah. So, I mean, he's dying. Yeah. I'm I'm trying not to be graphic, but he's dying. I would not have been outside of that room. No. There is just no way. And no. I mean, of course, you don't know. You don't until you're like experience it, experiencing it for yourself. I would not have been out of that room. No. No matter what. I don't I think I would. I would want to be right next to him. And yeah. even if there was nothing that I could do, I'd at yeah. least like. Ugh. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So that's, we both feel the same way about yeah. that. It was a strange call. Yeah. It was, it was yeah. not your typical, um, you know, 911, what is your emergency? And then sobs at the other end because the love of your life is dying. dying. Okay. <clears throat> Moving yeah. on. So one of the uh, deputies on the scene happened to be her ex-husband and father of her adult children. What was his name? I don't know. I'm so bad at this. Anyway, (laughs) something James. Okay. (laughs) I'm not naming a bunch of names either because I don't. Yeah. Yeah. It's just I'm I'm retelling the events, not, you know. Uh, Come on now. So ex-husband was it was sorry, a deputy, deputy a sheriff's deputy, okay, sheriff's deputy, and the son was at the like shortly after this happened came to the home, and called his dad and was like, "Hey, this happened." And so he, as a sheriff's deputy, came and he worked the case that day. Okay, on the scene immediately following uh, everything that had happened. Okay. I feel like I need to pull up my other story here. Cause I can't look at these papers. I don't even know why I print them out. I can't, I can't do it. It's okay. <laughs> I just, my issue is that, I mean, even in a small town like this uh-huh. and it's right outside of town. So, you know, no Columbus police department, I guess, involvement. No one's really mentioned that in my, um, search for yeah. whatever. I mean, so you know better, right? Everybody should know better. Yeah. Yeah. So no no gun was there was a gun. Um a little further in a, along in that clip uh-huh. um because it has someone come in and talk so we shut it off. Um it goes back to the 911 call and he says like what can you see or you know she's like he it looks like he shot himself in the chest. Um and then she says, "Oh, I see a gun here like in a blanket." Then you really hear more gasping, and they're like, can you put something over the wound? And she says, there's a sweatshirt, and then that's when, and she's like, are they coming? I hear him gasping, and they're like, yes, they're on their way. Okay. It wraps up like that. Very non-emotional. Okay, so moving on to another key player in this story. So we've got okay. Carrie, 
who was, I guess he was known by Dodie. I don't, okay. yeah, but we're going to call him Carrie. Yeah. Um, his wife, Lisa. Okay. Uh, he, Carrie had a son from a previous marriage named Logan, and they're all like young 20s adult men. And then Lisa had two sons. Okay. Um, one of those sons had just moved in with them the night before, and they okay. did not all get along. Okay. Okay. Carrie was a truck driver, and he had for a little while been having some, I guess, since 2007, he had been seeing a therapist. Mm-hmm. Uh, they call it a psychotherapist. They say that a few times. I don't know if that's different. Psychotherapist, other than like a um, psychologist, psychiatrist, you know, <clears throat> I'm just seeing a therapist. They specifically say psychotherapist. It's it's different. Hang on. I'll Is it tell because you. they can like prescribe medication, perhaps? I don't know. Uh, okay. Psychiatrist mm-hmm. can prescribe medication. Psychologists focus extensively on psychotherapy and treating emotional and mental suffering in patients with behavioral intervention. Okay. All right. So um, the psychotherapist did say at the time, like after all of this, because there was so much that came to people. Let me go back. Another key player, Carrie's sister, Cheryl, who there was um, there's not a lot about this story because it's super local and it is a mystery, but it's kind of, quote unquote, been solved. Yeah, um, because it has been said that it was a suicide. But it's one of those things where you never really know for sure. So there was a like a 45 minute show on crime watch daily. I watched it. Um, I watched it a couple of times yesterday to just kind of get myself and like see them because there was a lot of and I, I wanted to see where the house was. Yeah. And I did. It's it's pretty close to where I live, dude. Ooh. Yeah, I've definitely because I, you know, ride my bike and run around there. You've definitely, definitely passed, passed it, it many times. Ooh. Many, many times. Anyway, uh, Cheryl, his wife, Cheryl or his uh, sister, Cheryl, a couple of years older. She was out on a blind date, and um, Carrie's wife called her and was like, your brother killed himself. It was a very quick convo. Cheryl, immediately from the TV show that I watch, and I've seen her interviews and things, I am drawn to her. She seems smart, strong, determined, uh-huh. but she has got to be hurting, and you can see that she's hurting. Yeah. And she, uh, you know, a lot of the family are like, he would never— take his own life. I mean, I've just got to say, you don't know that about anyone. You don't know what's really going on in anybody's head. Right. So you can never say for sure he would never take his own life. Yeah. I mean, especially if he was suffering like he was. Yeah. And um, there seemed to be a little bit of drama in the family. So it's like some money was had changed hands or hadn't changed hands that was supposed to that sort of thing. I got you. Okay. So let's go on to the actual like shooting death. Um, he used a handgun to shoot himself in the chest is what they're saying. That's what the coroner said happened. Cheryl, of course, and the coroner do not see eye to eye. The coroner at the time, um, it seemed kind of open and shut there. He was sitting in alone in a room in a chair. Um, the chair that they showed the picture of totally looked like my chair. Oh, no. That I have in my kitchen table. Like, uh, but, like, uh-huh. also, we all have the same kitchen table. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. 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 Anyway, um, like, all of us, we all do. That brown one. Yep. Yep. <laughs> you know that brown <laughs> one with the chairs? <laughs> um, the bullet direction, it seemed that it would had come from higher than, like, when they did the trajectory thing. It seemed like it had come from higher than um, necessary, I guess. 
if you're going to shoot yourself in the chest, you just point it right at your chest, I guess. Yeah. But it seemed like this bullet, he was sitting, and it looked like someone was standing. And it the direction, had a downward angle. Yeah, downward angle. Can you see me doing that with my finger? Okay, just like that. <laughs> and, um, <laughs> but also they did not do any, like, test to see if there was um, gunpowder, gunshot residue on his hands, on his sweatshirt that he was wearing. Nothing was done to test that, according to my research. Right. Now, where I live, we live slightly out of town, and everybody kind of burns their trash. We don't. We take it to the dump. Yeah. But we do burn leaves and other things, you know. Um, Everybody's got, like, a little half acre of yard out there and a fire pit or, you know, trash barrel, whatever. Um, The the chair was burned later that day. By a family member, and no one knows who. Uh, no one is saying who or coming out with exactly who did it. Okay. Um, it broke a spindle in the chair. You, I, I mean, there's pictures of, like, the crime scene. The yeah, bullet you did. You it, can see that it broke it. It said the bullet with a downward trajectory broke spindles in the chair and then turned around and reversed course. There's, like, a lot of... so Okay, so far, mm-hmm. I'm... I'm very inconsistent. <clears throat> yeah. Now, I don't, not, not claiming to know anything about suicide. Right. However, typically, if you are that, at that point, mm-hmm. you're going to do it, and shooting yourself in the chest isn't a guarantee. Right. It is not a guarantee. If I was going to do that, that's not even on my radar of how to do it. Yeah. 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 That's not that's not even something that you think about when right. you're going through those steps mm-hmm. of this is going to happen. That's in the chest is not a. Yeah. Not a logical. Not a thought, surefire way to know? get it done. Yeah. And then the fact, obviously, the phone call, we discussed that. I don't know how to feel about that. I know. And then. <clears throat> excuse me. You're fine. The like, why didn't. I don't understand the crime scene part of it. Mm-hmm. Like that chair is part of the crime scene because there's a bullet hole in that chair. Right. Right. Because, it. I mean, there's a broken spindle in the back. Like, so it went either, through his body. It hit the chair. Yeah. And then it hit the wall behind him. And somehow, I don't know, they were basically saying that it has to be coming from that up angle. Guess it would be kind of up for uh, me. Because yeah. I would have to like brace it. I mean, I have small arms, but. T-Rex arms. arms. I would never be able to do this. Yeah, I don't. That whole thing, that whole concept of shooting yourself in the chest, I don't understand the entire thing. Mm -hmm. How we had to do it, if if that's how it happened, I don't understand that one. Right. I also don't understand the fact that police were like, you cannot touch any of this. You can't touch anything. Yeah. You can't. And you know that. We watch TV. We know. Yeah. And that's 2013. It's not like 1960 where there's like. Yeah. Like Dateline existed. Yeah. Yeah. You know better. You've seen Criminal Minds. So I'm just, I'm, I'm very confused by the whole thing. Okay. Are you. So far. Are you ready for one more thing? Yeah. Okay. So um, anyway, the ex-husband, Janes, the deputy, we'll call him Deputy Janes. Cause I just don't really want to name people's names, you know, that are like living and they still live in town. I'm not trying to upset anyone. I mean, I assume they live in town. Who knows? So, um, Deputy Janes responded to the 911 call. He was allowed on the scene shortly after Owsley was found. Um, according to police reports, he handled some of the evidence 
He moved the body. An internal review by the sheriff's department that was performed later showed that Janes was involved in cutting out the rug under the chair in which he was found and burning it along with the chair. He was involved in doing that. And he was also reported to have cleaned up blood at the crime scene before a proper investigation was performed, claiming he was trying to spare his ex-wife the gruesome scene. Last but not least, the gun Owsley supposedly used to commit suicide previously belonged to Deputy Janes. It's a lot of circumstantial evidence, I guess. Yeah. A lot of like, whoa, whoa. Yeah, a lot of like, wait, what? And I wanted to say also, um, like, so this person... I I have had someone who had passed kind of tragically. Yeah. And mo- that person's mother um, kept the clothing yeah. that they had passed in, even though it was, you know, bloody clothing or whatever, um, just because it meant something to her. Right. I can see the other way being like, get rid of it. Yeah. I can't look I at don't it. I don't it. want to see it ever, you know, burn it. I can see it being the complete opposite reaction. But this is a crime scene. Yeah. This is not a tragic accident. You have police there. You're a police officer, right? A deputy mm-hmm. that's a police officer. Um, what are you doing? Yeah. What are you doing? There's a lot of questions <clears throat> I would have had if I were involved in this scenario. Yeah. Okay. Number two. Okay. The day he died, Carrie... He had called his 21-year-old son, Logan, to come and help him move out of his wife's house. He had some of his possessions in the truck, and he had the truck backed up to the door. So he was— He was moving out, and they're just supposed to believe that he stopped and went and sat down and shot himself. I'm not saying one way or the other what happened. That's—that's suspicious. (sighs) It's suspicious. But then on the other hand— he had a plan with his therapist in place, like a, a safety plan, which if you've ever been, you know, close with someone who is suicidal, you know, that's part of it. That's important, making sure that they're being safe. And so they had a mixed race marriage, and that's where a lot of the trouble came from about it, uh, I guess. According to reports, I'm not saying this. I don't know these children whatsoever, these men, that the sons of Lisa were having a little bit of trouble because Carrie was a black man and she was a white woman. Okay. Um, I mean, we live where we live. I'm not going to touch on that too much, but they said that that caused a lot of issues with with the marriage. Which is just, I mean, who's to say it didn't? I right. mean, who's people, to say it didn't? people have those thoughts and the, those opinions and... It's touchy. The whole <clears throat> situation is touchy. Yeah. Especially... And see, for me, it's not the local thing, and like that, right. like I, I understand you're wanting because you know these, but you, yeah, you're I, in the community yeah. way more than I am. Yeah, you have been your entire life. Mm-hmm. So for me, it's not that thing. It's just the whole, the whole of it is just like it's so messy. Yeah, and it's, it's hard. So messy. It's hard to be like, well, that's that can't be right because I mean, it's technically solved and was deemed a suicide. Mm-hmm. So I just. I know. Okay. I wish I was one of the like detectives on the scene so I could yeah. so I could wrap my head around the conclusion. I can't wrap right. I personally knowing what I know which isn't very much mm-hmm. about this kind of stuff, knowing what I know, I cannot wrap my head around that conclusion. Right. So no autopsy was performed. Okay. Which um I mean, yeah, but if there's this if it's uh, 
I mean, if it's suspicious, wouldn't you want that? Yeah. 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 Um, to me, to me, I understand why it wasn't because I mean, gunshot to the heart. Oh goodness. But oh. also, but also it's like, well, I in that case, if I were in that situation, I'd be like, okay, but was there other stuff mm-hmm. beneath the clothes? Right. That says otherwise. Right, right. And I mean, they didn't even really test the clothing, it seems. So it seems like it was wrapped up fairly quickly. Um, Carrie's sister, Cheryl, and other family members and friends are basically saying that they believe it was covered up because perhaps he got into an argument with one of the sons, maybe the son who had moved in, Uh you know, the night before. And then, you know, the next day, Carrie's moving out. You can kind of see this whole family drama happening and unfolding. Yeah, you you can play it in your head. Yeah. That maybe he got into an argument with the son. Maybe the son shot him. And then they were like, we got to fix this. Like, oh, shit. And also, who better to call than your ex-husband? I mean, yeah, who has your ex-husband his can hand. kind of help you out. Your dad. Your dad, dad. I mean, you, yeah. I mean, what, you know, you call your dad. Your mom's new, newish husband is just giving you a heck. And you've done this. And your, you know, dad, help. And it's your son. So you go help. Yeah. I'm not saying that's what happened, you guys. But I can totally see it happening. Yeah, you can see. Yeah, I can. I can see multiple different situations and solutions mm-hmm. to this case. Okay, so I, I'm just reading like other little bits. Like I'm trying not to go too far off topic here. It says okay. two other things to consider regarding Jane's. He was suspended, Deputy Jane's. Yeah, he was suspended by the sheriff in regards to his involvement in the Owsley case and ultimately retired two days before a scheduled appearance before a board investigating his behavior. Okay. And he had previously responded to a 911 call that came in when he was off duty to his son's home, and his son's wife had been found dead, apparently having shot herself. Uh, yeah. Okay, first thing, the suspension, I understand, because it's like, you're not supposed to get involved in family matters, right. especially when you're a doctor, a police officer. Like, you see it on mm-hmm. flipping Law & Order or whatever you're watching all the time. It's, this is your niece. You cannot be on this case. You mm-hmm. have to separate yourself. Like, you cannot. Right, right. Because if your niece says something, you're going to believe her because mm-hmm. she's your niece. Right. And that that automatically gives you a bias. So I understand the suspension thing is like, oh, you weren't supposed to do that. I have to suspend. I have to punish you because Mm -hmm. it's something you're not supposed to do. And if I let you get away with it, then John, Dick and Mary are all going to get away with it. Right, right. So I get I get the suspension thing. The retiring thing, it kind of raises that little question mark. It does. Which I mean, maybe it was just maybe it was was close to retiring. And he's like, he was close to retiring. He was like, I'm not going to. This is it's time. Whatever. Mm-hmm. It just, it's one of those things that the entire situation unfolds and you're like, oh. I know. Okay. I All know. right. And I mean, we don't have filed paperwork. I'm not doing, I'm not doing that research uh-huh. to go down to the library and get these public records documents and fill out all this stuff to figure out why he submitted his retirement. <clears throat> he, the retirement thing is kind of hearsay. It's like, Right. Okay. It is. It is. But considering the situation, it's like timing. A, a little yeah. a little baby question mark. It's like, okay. <laughs> About a year later, they had petitioned Cheryl and his sister and other It was very very big in town. Um you could drive down the street and see people with like stickers on the back like 
justice for Carrie, that yeah. sort of thing. It was it was a very important thing going on at the time. Um, they had campaigned to have his body exhumed, mm-hmm. um, and it they did. It's uh, it said that he was a, it was a suicide. But there's just so many, I mean, after that autopsy, there's just so many things. Like, the bullet hole was 12 inches above the chair. Huh. So was he standing? And, and then, you know what I mean? and and then, then slumped into the slumped seat. Slumped into the and chair, then, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. I feel like you needed to research that scene. You needed to really get into the, yeah. you know. Yeah. To me, okay, deemed a suicide, it was a suicide, that's it. Right, okay, got right. it. However... There are a lot of things that I feel, especially in 2013, that could have been easily answered. Mm -hmm. They just weren't questioned. Right. But to the normal human being who has uh, (laughs) no experience in criminology whatsoever, Mm -hmm. those questions arise. Right. You know? So it's it's just, it's, I don't know. Yeah. No, I know. It's it's tough. I mean... (laughs) Flat out, this is on record as being a suicide. Yeah. That is, so. it's, it's you know, it's wrapped up. There is just mystery surrounding it. And I agree, there is, yeah. there is mystery surrounding it. There's a lot it. of questions that I still have. Yeah. Uh, that house, it's not super, uh, it's not a super busy house. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's not one of the ones with kids running around everywhere or or whatnot. Um, back when Pokemon Go came out, there was some good Pokemon by that house. <laughs> um, the coroner at the time... He said that he stands by his suicide ruling, but the he also stood by the family's right to request an autopsy and have the body exhumed. So, I mean, I feel like the coroner really, to me, the coroner seems on the up and up, like I have any opinion. Um, who's He's no longer the coroner, I don't think, in Bartholomew County. I It's like I believe the sister, but I also, uh, you never know. What if he was just, I don't know what I believe. I know. What if he was sad? What if he was like moving his things out and was just like, I, I mean, can't do this. I mean, maybe I'm he was 50 years old. Where am I going to yeah. go? I maybe he was moving this. and stuff. Maybe he was moving his stuff and ran across that gun and packing. And then he yeah. was like, well, pff, shit, here we go. Yeah. Forget it. This but, is way easier. Do you know yeah, what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. Way easier than having to move out of your wife's house of three years and deal right. with your your stepsons who hate you right or don't hate you regard right know. or I don't whatever know. was going on at the time you the, know there's a lot of there's a lot that to me backs it up mm-hmm. that it yeah it, it very well could have been a suicide but there's yeah. also those things that's just like I it, don't know I don't I know mean, but I, I don't know the situation I don't know the family I only have what is presented to me right so as an outside person who is not I don't know Carrie or his friends and family I would be like well you know, if I didn't dive into them, I'd be like, well, that's terrible. You know, awful tragedy. It's yeah. sad. If I was his sister, I would be like, hold the phone. Yeah. What? So I, mean, I totally get, you know, sister or son, you know, because they have yeah. both been like, you know, pushing towards, you know, having the body exhumed and an autopsy. And, and I mean, there's still, I, as far let me find my paper because it was like April of this year that um, Logan, the son, was still wanting answers and still yeah. asking for it, the investigation to reopen. Yeah. Um, I don't know if that ever took place. It was just a few months back, so it could still be in the works. Yeah. I mean, it's it's pretty recent. Huh. Um, yeah, there was a quick 
it was called Crime Watch Daily. It's pretty good um, of them talking, getting more in, in deep with everybody. His mother is still alive. Her name's Rose. She seems like a very sweet little woman. Aww. I know. I know. It's huh. just, it's all around sad. And I mean, I live in the neighborhood and I do know some people who yeah. miss him and say, you know, they say that he was like the kind of person, kind of like, I think how we are a little bit, like when we get going, we get like really going, uh-huh. you know, you have to have that like all eyes on me kind of thing for a minute. Yeah. He was that kind of guy. Yeah. Lots of people who are fun and a big personality have things inside them. Exactly. So you just never know. And that is. The mystery surrounding the death of Carrie Owsley. Wow. I know. Wow. That's a tough one. I'm going to have to go watch that crime, crime watch, watch daily. daily thing because <laughs> I just want to know more. I'm I know. know everything. I'm going to know all the answers. Yeah. Okay. All right. All right. So. So. I am going to talk <coughs> about the I-65 killer. The I-65 killer. Yes. Okay. Tell me. So if you're not familiar with the area you're listening in, like, California or something, hey, mm-hmm. which you're probably not. <laughs> probably not. Um, I-65 runs from north to south, and it runs through, I mean, I don't really know exactly where, but it, northern Indiana through mm-hmm. Kentucky mm-hmm. and however far else it goes. <laughs> I don't really that's, you know. That's uh, south. It runs through Indiana completely. I know that for sure. Yeah, that's All right. the point. So March 3rd, 1989, in the wee morning hours. Oh, I couldn't dang. help it. I had to. In northern Indiana, two women were working as night clerks at Days Inn. Days Inns. Mm-hmm. Except two separate ones. Two ladies working at two separate Days Inn. Okay. Located on I-65. Mary Margaret Gill was working at the Maryville location, which, side note, is right down the road from my mother's house currently. <gasps> okay. So my mom lives in Crown Point, and it's right next door to Maryville. So she was working at Mary Margaret Gill was working at the Merrillville location while Jean Gilbert was working at the location near Remington, which isn't too far away. Okay. If I, I'm pretty sure. <laughs> I think uh, we think. Um, I think Remington's kind of in that area. I don't really know, to be honest. It's geography. And I didn't do I took geography in college because I mm-hmm. never took it in high school. How did that go? I'm glad my teacher was old. <laughs> <laughs> so Mary Gill was 24. And full of life. She's my age. Mm -hmm. She lived in the rural area near Days Inn where she worked. Just after 2.30 in the morning, a man enters the Days Inn near US 30 on Interstate 65, which I know exactly where this is. Okay. The man robbed Mary of $179, which I feel it's kind of funny because that's like a very specific amount. However, that could just be what she had in her wallet. Like I have like $28 and well, okay. Including my change, I probably have $32 and like 79 cents. So okay. if he wanted all my money, that's what he'd get. Okay. <laughs> so robs her of $179. She was taken to a remote area of the second floor where she was shot in the head twice. Okay. So he, he robbed her and then shot her. Okay. 52 miles south of the Days Inn where Mary worked, Mm -hmm. was the Days Inn location near Remington where Jean Gilbert was working that same March night. So Gilbert was a divorced mother of two. She was going back to school, trying to rebuild a life for her and her children. Mm -hmm. About four hours after the murder of Mary Gill, it's believed that the same man entered the Days Inn where Gilbert was working. Oh, my gosh. So he goes in about 2.30 in the morning, robs this poor lady, shoots her. Kills her. Oh my gosh. Okay. How old was this? She was how old? 
the marry or divorce? Mary was 24. It doesn't say how old Jean was. Okay. Older kids. And yeah, divorce, I'm assuming so, she yeah. was a little older. Okay. It might, I might come up. Uh, it might come later. up. I don't Who know. Knows? I don't think it does. Okay. But, um, so he goes <clears throat> down four hours south, does the same thing. Well, it's assumed that it's the same man. Mm-hmm. This time, the robber turned murderer took $247 and he took Gene. He took Gene Gilbert. He didn't Whoa. take her upstairs to the second floor. He kid- kidnapped Could her. Kidnapped her, okay. Her body was found on a rural road not too far from the Days Inn where she worked, and many individuals have said the body was about 15 minutes away. Okay. So upon further examination, it was discovered that both women had been sexually assaulted and shot with the same 22 caliber firearm. Okay. DNA was collected. And at that time in late 80s, there wasn't a lot of organized databases. So a lot of the stuff that we have now obviously wasn't there. And DNA didn't reveal any matches at the time. Okay. Three departments have been working the case since March 3rd, 1989. The Maryville Police Department, the Jasper County Sheriff's Department, and the Indiana State Police. Uh, Dan Demon was the chief of police and lead investigator for the Maryville Force at the time that the murders took place. And they looked heavily into three separate suspects. One was in Pennsylvania. Another was located in St. Louis. Uh, and no substantial evidence was found to actually link them to the murders. Okay. There was a $20,000 reward made available by Knights Out, Inc. and the Northwest Indiana District Council of Carpenters at the same time, or the same year that the murders took place. Huh. Investigators look at two other hotel slangs that were and kind of are still believed to be linked to those two days in killings. Okay. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) One of those is in Florence, Kentucky, and the other is in Rockford, Kentucky. Both victims were night clerks at motels. Both victims robbed, then shot in the head. However, this time it was with a 44 instead of a 22. Okay. So, 22, I know that gun. <laughs> only one I know. It's the only one I know. So here we are in the 1990s. Okay. Mid-1991, this is about two years after Mary and Gene uh, got killed. Mm-hmm. A man in Michigan was the number one suspect and was even confirmed by a witness during a police lineup. Mm-hmm, those eyewitnesses, man. Yeah. Haters the major problem with this, that DNA sample mm-hmm. didn't match the samples taken from either victim. Dang. So, what are the? Imagine you're the eyewitness. Yeah, and you're like, it's him. And you're like, it's for sure him. Like that's the guy I that's saw. That's the guy. And, and then they're, they're like, nope, DNA doesn't match. Sorry, wrong. Sure. Anyway, yeah. So the lack of results in this case have been very disheartening for many investigators, especially in Jasper County, as it's considered to be the only major crime that occurred there that hasn't been solved. Ooh, wow. Yeah, that's a rough one. Yeah, over 38 people have been interviewed as people of interest in Gilbert's murder, who was Uh the second woman. Um, In April of 2010, a new link was found because, you know, DNA, progress. DNA DNA from the two days in murders from 1989 was matched to a murder of a woman in Elizabethtown, Kentucky in 1987, two years prior. Okay. The victim was Vicki Heath. She was 38, worked as a clerk at the Super 8 Hotel, and her body was found on February 21st behind the dumpster at the hotel. To me... That is like one of the most degrading things to do with a body is just throw it away. Yeah, that's rough. So degrading. 
I mean, killing people is degrading as it is, but throwing them away yeah, in the, the dumpster. dumpster is just, oh. that's, yeah, seriously. Like the other two victims, she was sexually assaulted, shot in the head, but with a 38 instead of a 22. Okay. So now we have three guns in the mix, all kind of believed to be similar. Mm-hmm. However, the 38 and the 22 were linked by DNA. Okay. So this new technology that allows for those DNA matches also linked an assault to these murders. Dang. So we've got three murders and an assault now. That assault occurred right here in good old Columbus, Indiana. Okay, pause. <clears throat> I'm glad that you got to that because my first job when I was 13, 14 was I worked weekends and summers and uh, school breaks at Comfort Inn oh, right geez. off of the interstate Stop. in Edinburgh. You could have died. And my mom hated it. She hated that I had that job. Probably because she was like, aunt. probably because she was like this old man. Yeah. I mean, I, I, he could be a very young woman. I have no idea. Right, right. <laughs> I worked with my aunt and, um, you know, it was like super, it was super easy because I was always cleaning up around my house anyway. So as a housekeeper. Yeah. Um, it, now <gasps> that I'm older, I'm like, oh, that was a bad job for you, sweetheart. You were so young and pure. Oh, boy. And that aunt later um, found a dead body in that hotel. No, what? No. Years uh, later, years later. Anyway, go on. Move on. Okay. So this assault that was matched DNA-wise, when Mm -hmm. it happened here in Columbus, resulted in a DNA DNA that matched the murders. The woman in this case worked at a day's end and was attacked at knife point on January 2nd, 1990, which is less than a year after Mary and Jean were murdered. Right. So... Uh, uh... This assault and the victim's survival resulted in the composite sketch at the top of this chapter. (laughs) Article, man. (laughs) Um, And he's kind of like, I don't have the picture right here, but he's kind of just, okay. Tell me. We're going to be, we're just going to be stereotypical right here. Okay, do it, do it. Picture a trucker. Yes. Older, probably older 50s, mid 60s ish, that area. Yeah. Probably hasn't showered in a week. Oh, my gosh. It's my Uncle Pete. Uncle Pete, what were you doing? (laughs) (laughs) And has smoked cigarettes since he was, like, 12. And probably, probably, like, (laughs) probably likes to drown himself in the whiskey. Okay, I have seen that man. You know, just be... I know that guy. Let your stereotypes just fill your head right (laughs) there. Just flow through you. (laughs) Project onto that man. That's what this sketch Uh looks like. Okay. So... The assault victim survival result in the sketch with no new crimes matching the DNA. Uh, it's believed now that he is either incarcerated or dead. Okay. We don't know. All right. Jean Gilbert's family uh, honors her by putting her name in a birthday message in their local paper every year oh. on her birthday. Her father believes that police have the wrong idea. Instead of a drifter, he believes that the murderer actually knew both victims and is just sitting around watching, thinking that they got away with it. Okay. Uh, Gilbert's children are now adults, have their own children. Both days in both days in locations increase security after the slayings, which I mean, good on you, but mm-hmm. I, it's sad that I had to take that in order to do so. Yeah. Uh, Mary Gill's family at one point uh, in time, filed a wrongful death suit against the company because they believe the company didn't practice due diligence and mm. protect her. Mm-hmm. Gilbert's family never commented on whether or not they had filed a suit. Gill's family, Mary Gill, was uh, her family was also in talks with the television show of Unsolved Mysteries in order to spread the word. 
to hopefully drum up new leads. Tips still come in on a monthly basis for this crime. Wow. Individuals with information are encouraged to call or report any tips to the Indiana State Police. So it's technically still unsolved. It's they unsolved. do believe that this gentleman, not he's not a gentleman. He's a <clears throat> piece of shit. <laughs> hey, get <laughs> he it. He is, like I said, he's either in jail for some other crime or right. he has passed. Because like I said, in that sketch from 2010, mm-hmm. well, I mean, her attack happened in 1990. So it doesn't, I don't have right. the information I mean, on when she gave that info, but. Uh, it was a minute ago. Yeah. yeah. It's not confirmed that i mean he very well could be dead i don't mm-hmm. i don't know so if you know any any information indiana state police with your tips oh my goodness that is the i-65 i'm not gonna call about uncle pete killer. did pass mid 90s i think uncle pete i mean uncle pete he's a trucker no i'm just kidding um so <laughs> um i now that i'm older i feel like it is a it is a very scary job to be the night clerk or uh-huh. you know just a, it's a, tough to be a woman working in a hotel mm-hmm. a motel whatever especially right off the interstate especially at night and I'm sure they had heard those gotta be careful you gotta be safe warnings from friends and family you know mm-hmm. and then that sort of thing happens yeah and that just makes me super sad <clears throat> and I mean in that situation you're like this person walks up to you and it's like I just want your money. Yeah. You're giving your money, and the next thing you know. Yeah. It's scary. It is scary. Because you automatically think, well, if I give them their money, that's all I want, then they'll go away. Just be careful. Be careful, for sure. Especially you people that work at nighttime. Yeah. Especially you people that work at nighttime. (laughs) That was a good one. Yeah. I mean, that's terrible. I shouldn't have said It was a very interesting story. Very interesting case. (laughs) It wasn't good for... That was a good one. (laughs) It wasn't good for them and their families. Love that murder. But... Not, I don't. I'm sorry. For the sole purpose of <clears throat> entertainment. Good one. Good one. And conversation. Yeah. And I also think that it's good that it's, it, I, okay, I don't think it's good that it's unsolved, but I think it's good with the platforms that we have today mm-hmm. that we can maybe solve this murder that happened in 1989. Right? I don't know. Dang. Okay. All right. Well, that's we episode it. three of <laughs> Off Air with Emily and Patra. Thanks for listening. Yeah. And sticking by. Oh, oh my gosh. Oh okay. my gosh. So our website's officially working. Hey. Which as of the last episode it was, but we didn't know if it, I didn't know if it was going to. It okay. literally didn't start working until that evening. So Ooh, after okay. it was posted. So website is up, mm-hmm. offairwithep.com. You can get the latest episode and just kind of a general, very, very general bio of us mm-hmm. and uh Facebook, Off Air with EP, Instagram's Off Air with EP as well. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. there was something else. I was like, oh, we're on iTunes now. Oh, snap. <laughs> oh, my gosh. So now you don't have to listen through our hosting service. We're you the can big time. Actually, on iTunes, you can search us on the podcast app and we show up. Ooh. If you just type in, because our and is a little plus sign, mm. and I think that could get a little confusing. So just search Off Air with Emily or mm. Off Air with. Mm-hmm. And we'll pop up. Awesome. And then you can subscribe to us. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and yeah. give us all the love. You should let us know, like, if there's a story you want us to talk about. Yeah, I seriously. would love to know that. What yeah. are you? Do you have a plan for next? the next one? I don't um, have. I, I don't have a plan right now, but I'm thinking. Should we go with a theme? What's our theme? Yeah, for let's next do time? a theme for next Okay. Time. What should we do? Um, Let's see. People murdered with holiday Decorations. Hol- holiday decorations. Burning. No, I'm just kidding. Well, no, wait. 
Hang on. Okay. Because this is going to go up on Monday. Our mm-hmm. our air dates are actually going to be on Mondays. Okay. I was supposed to do it this past Monday, but I was sick. And I you were so, <laughs> so sick. I, I didn't even come baby. to work. I was so sick. I felt so bad. Um, so air dates are going to be Mondays. So this will be up on the 12th. Mm-hmm. And the next one will be up on the 19th, which is right before Thanksgiving. Thanksgiving. So I feel like Thanksgiving-ish. Any, any tie that you can pull in to relate to Thanksgiving. Next week's, or, yeah, next week's Death episode. Death by Turkey. Death by Turkey. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Next week's episode, Death by Turkey. Yes. All right. Thanks for listening. Bye. Bye. Oh. Oh, no. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>